1: Today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast could be sponsored by you, yes, you, the listener, through the podcast Patreon page that you can find by clicking the link in this episode's description. However, if supporting the podcast financially is not a possibility, that's totally fine too, especially if you are an Apple podcast or iTunes listener because you can leave the show a rating and a review. It's important with the way iTunes works, helps other people find the show and helps the show continue to grow. So please leave a rating and review Um, There's another option by Stitcher, which also allows you to do that. And uh, don't forget, there are other ways of listening to the show if you're not an Apple podcast or iTunes listener by heading on over to Google Play. Uh, Like I said, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud... And wherever else you get your podcast, the Chase Thomas Podcast will be there. And lastly, I highly encourage you to check out my website at chase Thomas Podcast.com, to read me at Medium, uh, and to follow me on Twitter at Chase Double underscore Thomas, and to go to the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Hopefully, you're still with me because this is the end of me rambling. All right, let's go chase thomas podcast. the chase thomas podcast um, <laughs> my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right on the line right now is stephanie driver of broad street hockey she is the host of bsh radio and stephanie i think the magic might be fading in vegas what about you
0: Oh, I don't think so. I, I think that they've had they've had a tough stretch of injuries, uh, but I think that I think they're gonna make a strong push in the playoffs. I, I said earlier today that I have them as my as, as silly as it sounds, my Cup winner this year because I think that would be just the full Cinderella story. I think that'd be fantastic.
1: Really? So you're still in? You want to see them actually run the table and actually win at the end of the year?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I really like, I like the story. I like what they've been able to do and this whole, you know, I'm from Philadelphia. The Eagles just won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. on the underdog mentality. Like, let's have Vegas do the same thing. This group of guys that no one else really wanted. Let, let's have, let's have them win. That would be really cool.
1: Your team, though. Is probably going to make the playoffs, and you're still advocating for a Vegas run. This is uh, this is, yeah, this is a new development that I was not <laughs> expecting when I was excited to have the podcast. I was not expecting you to just get completely behind Vegas, but I guess at the same time, like Philadelphia, based on what I saw uh, after the Super Bowl this past year. I don't think the city could possibly be done um, fixing everything that happened uh, that night. So a Flyer Stanley Cup, the same year an Eagle Super Bowl win, I think we just have to move on from Philadelphia as a city, right? Like, you just have to shut it down. This is done. Nothing else can happen here. We can't We can't do anything else. This, it's over.
0: Well, you know, the, the main point of damage, which was this awning outside of a hotel, has been replaced. So... I think they're all set and ready for our next championship.
1: Okay. Well, that's good to know. Was, were you involved in that at all or no?
0: I mean, I did, I did go out as soon as they won the Super Bowl. So I was watching at, um, Carly O'Connor's apartment because he lives right on Broad Street. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Philadelphia, there are two major streets in the city. One runs, East-West it's Market Street, and the other one's North-South, and it's Broad Street. Now, it goes from either end of the city. And the South end ends at the stadium complex. So in Philadelphia, all of the stadiums are in the same area, which is really cool because you can go to an afternoon Phillies game and then go, you know, if the Flyers are in playoffs at that point, you can go to an evening Flyers game and stop at the bar at in the meantime. So it, it's really convenient. It's really cool and easy to get to. So Broad Street is where everybody goes. Um, and the intersection of these two streets is our City Hall. So that's just the general meeting place for the two times in my lifetime that sports have won, Sports Philadelphia have had one championship. So for the Phillies and now the Eagles, uh, you go down to City Hall. And it's just a, a a party, So I, I made Charlie host the Super Bowl party just in case we needed to make a run out to Broad Street. And as soon as the clock hit zero in the game, you heard the fireworks start going off. And then it was the people on the street. And, and we went down. We, we were all in tears. Like, this is not something that we ever thought we would see in our lifetime, let alone this year after Carson Wentz went down. Um, so after we kind of stopped crying and at our celebratory champagne, we went out and joined. And it was just, there was so much love. And, and I know that's not the, the portrayal of Philadelphia, but everyone yeah. was happy. <laughs> not everyone at all. Was just I know, and I know it's not, uh, but it was, just you, you talk to, Whoever you're walking next to, and everyone is just so excited. It was electric. Um, the the police were there, just making sure that nothing got too crazy. And, and of course, there were incidents, but that's going to happen when you get a couple million people yeah. at night in the same area. It's, it's going to happen. So it's not great. It's not a good look, especially considering what we're known for. But it was it was a lot of fun. The Eagles parade which was later that week was the craziest thing I'd ever been to in my life. Just the, the amount of people all crowding into this incredibly small space. It was really cool.
1: Are you at least somewhat concerned because of the history of Philadelphia and just the Phillies history and they're starting to go for it? They have Jake Arrieta now, Carlos Santana. They might be better this year. The Flyers are obviously going to be in the playoffs. The Eagles just won the Super Bowl. The Sixers have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. <laughs> like, it's too much good. The Philadelphia, City well, Philadelphia well, number is one getting- in Philadelphia. <laughs> it's weird.
0: Yeah. Rule number one of Philadelphia sports is we can't have nice things. So we're, we're all just kind of waiting for the the floor to drop out from underneath us. Mm-hmm. So so we've got we've got the Eagles, obviously, and they they just won. The Flyers they'll make the playoffs, and we can talk about the Flyers because that's you know, what I actually
1: do. Let's just jump into the Flyers. <laughs> um, They're next on my list that I okay. want to touch touch on. So where are you at with the Flyers okay. right now?
0: So I'm confident they'll make the playoffs because. At this point, it would take, and this is what I've been saying for about two weeks, it would take a catastrophic collapse for them not to make it. No, I'm not saying that won't happen, but the chances of them collapsing, as in not winning another game for the rest of the season, is pretty small. But it could happen. I just, don't, I just don't think that it will. So this isn't, this isn't their year. They'll make the playoffs, and it'll probably be depending on the matchup. Depending on the matchup, so if if they have to play the Penguins, it'll be a first round exit. We can't we can't beat the Penguins this year, not at all. Um, if we get the Capitals, that could be a really fun series. We actually just beat the Capitals earlier this week. It was it was a decent game where both teams were in it, but the flyers were dominating for the entire 60 minutes. That could be, that could be a really fun series where they could make a push to make the second round. Now who they meet in the second round, they probably won't push past that. Whether it's, uh, I don't even know if it's about form for anymore. I guess the winner of Boston, Toronto.
1: Yeah. And then it's like whoever gets Tampa Bay or, I mean, Boston's struggling a little bit, but they have the Harvard kid now who just uh, looks like he might be okay. Like they pulled him off the street at 21 years old to fill in for like Rick Nash. who's out like, it's just, uh, yeah, the top of the East just seems like it's going to be either Tampa or Boston, but at the same time, it's not, Boston's only a couple games up on Toronto and Washington is still there and Pittsburgh, obviously being Pittsburgh, it's it's a crowded top, but it still feels like Tampa Bay just, they have no weaknesses from top to bottom. It's just goalie, defensive, and forwards. Every, they're just stacked. Like when you look at just who could win the all the different awards this year, so many of them could go to Tampa Bay <laughs> Lightning. It's insane that GM of the year, um, goal, defense. Like there's just up and down the roster. It's kind of ridiculous how stacked uh, Steve Iserman has just built this team because they uh, – They are built to win, but at the same time, one of the things where you're talking about where you're kind of like murky about the Flyers because they're going to be a wild card team, but at the same time, like people forget the Predators were an eight seed last year (laughs) and they Mm -hmm. went on their run. Like the Stanley Cup playoffs, like it's just, you never really know. And you like a hot goalie changes everything, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I could see it, but then again, it's the Flyers, (laughs) so maybe not. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's the Flyers it's the Flyers they, they goaltending you will be shocked to hear this goaltending is an issue for us this year uh it have you tweeted about that at all this year and,
1: I, I haven't noticed if you have been up on I, I, don't,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think I have at all I mm-hmm. definitely have never tweeted about the Goldie stats in a game that they were just pulled
1: <laughs> I didn't think so I didn't think so
0: <laughs> no not me <laughs> So Brian Elliott actually was a lot better than I was expecting. I I was just expecting average goalie, just some guy, essentially an older Steve Mason. And he surprised me, even though his style is terrifying. The The way that he kind of flops around does not ever make it look like he's going to make the save, and then he does. And then he got injured. And then Michael Loivert came in his relief and, and Michael Neuvert, if he's a good goalie. He just he can't stay healthy. And that's been a problem his entire career.
1: Um,
0: and then, you know, Michael Neuvert got injured. So we had our AHL starter, Alex Lyon, come come up for, you know, relief of Michael Noivert. So Alex Lyon wasn't even supposed to be the AHL starter. He was supposed to be the AHL backup. Anthony Stolars was the Lehigh Valley Phantom starting goaltender um, in the playoffs. Actually, before the playoffs. In the playoffs last year, he ended his season and needed knee surgery. And over the summer, the worst luck in the world was stepping out of his car re-aggravated that injury and needed a second knee surgery on the same knee during that same offseason. So he has been shut down since then, obviously. Um, and then Alex Lyon in the playoffs in the playoffs last year also injured his knee and needed surgery. So it's been, it's been a rough go for all of our goalies in the past year. Um, and then they, of course, treated for Peter Mrazic, who has been a mess i uh, I understand why Detroit did not have a whole lot of confidence in him and let him go for a fourth round conditional third round pick yeah uh, right right now now i'm ready to I'm ready to roll with Alex Lyon as the starting goaltender. Michael Neubert is starting to take reps in practice, and he's traveling with the team right now, so he he should be coming back soon, I think for the playoffs. I think you roll with what works, and, and that's whoever's the healthiest out of Brian Elliott, Michael Neubert, and Alex Lyon. And I never thought that I would be saying that. A, a, month, a month away, a month, month ago, I never thought that I would be saying
1: this words. Do you think if the Flyers weren't in the Metropolitan Division that people would be looking at them a little bit differently because the division is just so stacked at the top and it's so bad at the Ooh. bottom that the Flyers are kind of like the odd... <laughs> Good team out because everyone's just focused on different teams in that division, and the Flyers are just sitting there. But um, do you think you would have a different opinion? Would the fans have a different opinion if they were playing in a different division, or no?
0: Not this season because even even up in if you compare just points that the Flyers have in you know where they stand in the Metro compared to the other divisions, they're about the same. I think that if we were in a different division, people would be paying more attention to the career years that some of our our players are having. So Claude Giroux, at 30 years old, having a career season when we, everyone, nationally and locally, had kind of written him off as a forward in decline, who was going to be, his contract was going to be a disaster starting this year. He's having a career season. Mm-hmm. Sean Couturier has has blossomed into a 1C out of nowhere. He just hit 30 goals yesterday, and he's never had more than 40 points this season up until now. So He's just exploding this year. Shane Goss is having a career season. No, it's only his third year in the league, but we all remember his rookie year. And how he just took the league by storm. No one knew what to do with this guy. And he's having a better year this year than he was then. And then, you know, Nolan Patrick, the, the second overall, people start paying attention to him in the fall. And it, it, the season didn't start off as well as he was expecting because he, he was also coming off of surgery. But he's turned it around. And he's, he's shown that even at 19 years old, he's a solid 2C in the NHL. And... and the team were a little bit better, performing a little bit more consistently. I think more noise would be made about that. Okay,
1: why do you think they struggle so much in the first period?
0: <laughs> I, <have no> idea. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, my my default is, of course, to, to blame preparation. Whether okay. it's, uh,
1: I think it's more fun to play from behind. Okay. Maybe that's part of it. They just wanted a challenge.
0: You know, this is—it's something that they've been doing for years. I can't even—I can't even blame the coach. This is—this has gone through three coaches where they're just slow to start. So it—you it, know—maybe that's it. Maybe they just need a shot of adrenaline or or whatever it is to be like, "Oh, we might lose this game. Let's really step it up a notch here, boys." I—I I don't know—I don't know what it is, but it's infuriating.
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's weird, but thankfully they were they were really nice. The Flyers they gave uh, a win to the Red Wings, and really great game that uh, to snap their ten game losing streak. So the Flyers are trending in the right direction. It's always good to lose. I mean, to lose to a team that's on a ten game losing streak. Just ask the Nuggets who lost to the Grizzlies on, to end their nineteen game losing streak in the NBA. It's always good to. Have oh that yeah, deal.
0: well I think they also they also gave up a goal to oh, I can't remember who it was. Was it Glundetting who hadn't had a goal in like 18 games or something like that? (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. What did you make of the team trading Cooper Merity today? By the way, that's one of my favorite names I've come across in sports this year. Cooper Merity. I I like it. It's unfortunate that you moved on from him because that is a name that I believe in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a good kid. Um, It's a little, it sucks a little bit because he had a really strong, Year offensively, like, he did everything that he needed to do to earn a contract with Flyers, and just due, due to, and, and this is this is like, uh, uh, I don't know the phrase that I'm say that I want to say right now, but it, it's, <laughs> it's the, the the problem of drafting well. There was just there wasn't going to be any room for him, yeah. even even at the AHL level. The the year that he was drafted with his Production and his progression, there just wasn't going to be a spot for him. Maybe maybe he could have been a guy who was the 13th forward or um, you know, rotated in some nights into the NHL lineup or was top line, top production in the AHL for most of his career. And I don't think that that's what he wanted. And I don't think that that's what the organization Wanted forehand, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, so oh, it, yeah. It, it's
0: something that it's actually something that I expect them to do this summer with some of the guys they know they're not going to play that are already on contract. I have a feeling we're going to see a Yori Laterra bought out and dumped into the AHL so that he has an opportunity to go and find somewhere else to play, and, and that's something that I think. Ron Hextall is trying to do. I think he's trying to do right by the player.
1: How much do you think the NHL does not want to see the Florida Panthers in the playoffs this year?
0: (laughs) I think they do. I think they do want to see it because Gary Bettman really, really, really wants hockey in the South to work. And the Florida Panthers, I mean, they're an organization that, man, when when was the last time they were in the playoffs?
1: That's a good question. I'm not even sure off the top of my head. Um,
0: I, I want to. I want to say like 20.
1: God, was it before the lockout? I really, I do not remember off the top of my head. It's it feels like it's been a while. But they're flirting with it, and I don't know. I can't get that visual of a couple weeks ago of the attendance. They're <laughs> they're in it, and it's still just I know. it's just sad. And it's part of it's just like I get it. If you're in Miami, do you really want to go inside at ever? When you're in Miami in that climate, I just I don't know. But uh it's also I don't know why they're still Florida they need some sort of change to like Miami something. I'd also don't think yeah. of Panthers when I think of Miami, Florida. That could just be me, but that's another little thing. But uh they I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's kinda sad. But uh um, Yeah. It's it's good for the NHL though, that Carolina and Florida I think are probably gonna miss the playoffs. So that uh that seems good. But not good is that Carolina, there's going to be two Canada definitely. teams, two Canadian teams that are probably going to make the playoffs this year, yeah. which is pretty amazing.
0: It is amazing, considering one of them made it last season. Yeah. Oh, two the Senators, duh. Oh, and the Oilers. All right, so let's just forget that I said that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so Winnipeg, Winnipeg is insane. They're stacked Also, just from top to bottom, that would be really cool. Uh, I think that they're one of the strongest teams. They've got to be one of the favorites to come out of the West. Uh, And then Toronto. Toronto, they've had a really bizarre season where you don't really think that they've won as many games as they have because everyone's all doom and gloom, but they've had, they've had a really good season. You know, Austin Matthews, he's been out for a while. He's on IR. I don't think I, I'm I'm pretty confident that they're in no rush to bring him back. Because why would they? They've already solidified their playoff spot and take his time coming back from this injury. But they're they're just gonna hit another level as soon as he does come back. Mm-hmm. And then you know, they've been able to hang in some games at least with, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I I I'm excited for the two Canadian teams, even though it makes my soul happier when there are, are no Canadian teams at risk of winning the cup.
1: Oh wow, okay,
0: yeah, I'm <laughs> one of those.
1: <laughs> I think I mean going back to the Bettman stuff, but like Connor McDavid not being in the playoffs again this year is it's not great. I think you want to have him there, and uh, it's not yeah. looking great.
0: No. No, it's, uh, it's a really bad look, actually. And if if uh, Chiarelli, did I, the GM, mm-hmm. if he keeps his job, I'll be astonished. Like, he is actively and has actively made that team worse. It has is, it is got to be probably... When, when we're old, or when I'm old, we won't be old yet, In 30 years from now, mm-hmm. there will probably be an award, like Chiarelli Award, for who screwed up their team so bad that you couldn't make playoffs with Connor <laughs> freaking McDavid. Like, oh, no? wow. And like, and Leon Dreisaitl, who on any other team would be a 1C. Like, he's talented enough to carry a team, but he doesn't have to because... You've got Conor McDavid and you've got Oscar Kleffbaum. Like, you have some pieces. If they still had Taylor Hall, if they still had Jordan Everly, if they still had, you know, name any of the guys that they just let walk for free, they could be a much better team and, and they just can't get it together. It, it sucks. I feel bad for Conor McDavid. I don't like feeling bad for Conor McDavid.
1: It's just you know it kind of reminds me of it kind of reminds me of Mike Trout in baseball where this <laughs> generational talent is just trapped for years in this bad organization and you're just like how this is just at some point the commissioner has to step in and be like if you're not in the playoffs this year you have to trade this guy to a contender because we cannot have another postseason without our best player just not being involved in the biggest month or two of our season it's just it's kind of insane because Connor McDavid should be just a bigger name. Like when he burst on the scene, yeah. it was just big deal. But now I just, it, it's just in the back of people's minds of like, oh yeah, I kind of remember him. He was good. What happened to him? And it's like he's still in his prime, but it's still awesome. And it doesn't matter because his team sucks. So if your team sucks and yeah. you're not in the Stanley Cup playoffs and everything else, you're just it. You're just kind of irrelevant, and he's just too good to be on an irrelevant team year after year. It's I think he's the Mike Trout of the NHL. I think that's where we're at. Well,
0: Mike Trout is a future Philadelphia Philly.
1: That is correct. I have heard that from a local lot of... Yeah, mm mm-hmm. local Big Eagles fan. I think he was at the Super Bowl, which all but confirmed that yep. he was going to jump ship from Los Angeles to uh, Philadelphia. So...
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, he's definitely he's definitely coming here one
1: day. <laughs> do you think they're going to be able to like find a way to make uh, Bryce Harper and Mike Trout coexist, or do you think it's going to be a little bit complicated?
0: It'll of course be complicated mm-hmm. because why would it not be with Philadelphia? But you know they'll figure it out.
1: I think so too. I think they'll be okay. I think those two will work out work out just fine. Um,
0: I am I'm really excited about the Bryce Harper rumors. I'm not going to lie.
1: Are you? I, yeah, I'm I mean, I love Bryce Harper and I love his demeanor and just I'm not gonna lie. I lost it when he had his uh big walk off Grand Slam in the playoffs last year. And I'm kind of annoyed at him being straddled with the Nationals playoff jokes because they are just yeah, <laughs> they can't seem to get over the hump. But I don't it's not bryce harper's fault and i i i feel bad for him because he's too good to be straddled with this team but at the same time i i I don't know harper is gonna be interesting next year but we'll we'll see what happens um are you tired of the penguins just being awesome or like we're yeah you you are okay
0: (laughs) oh yeah i hate them i i just if, if they make the cup final this year i'm not gonna watch i
1: you not watch.
0: I can't do it with them anymore. No, I cannot. I cannot do it with them anymore. I'm, I'm
1: way over it. Do you want them in the first round of the playoffs, though? No. No. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the Flyers have gone 0 3 to them this year. There's a, a fourth game coming up on Sunday, and I don't expect great games. I. I don't know about them. I, I don't want them in the first round. Uh I hope that Tampa can take them out in the second round. They should be able to. That'll that'll be one hell of a series. Yeah? I, I if they oh my god, if they make it to the cup
1: final, that would be torture. What if Sidney Crosby got drafted by the Florida Panthers?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Do you think huh, do you think he would pull an Eli Manning and and request a trade immediately? I would hope
1: so. Like, what about Ovechkin? He's like, this isn't happening. He's a Russian machine. Like, he's not... Yeah. I I mean, obviously the Capitals have had unfortunate playoff luck, but at the same time, he's been on really good teams year after year, and it's a big market and everything else. But, yeah, I I don't know. I think about stuff like that where it's just... I feel bad for these guys. The draft just seems kind of wrong in some instances where it's like they did nothing wrong. They're just forced into these bad organizations for years and years and it in it, hockey and baseball it's even harder to get out because of the length of contracts and everything else but yeah um i i do think it would be interesting to uh what Sidney crosby's career would have been like if he had not gone to pittsburgh and gone to somewhere like <laughs> florida um i don't yeah. think it would have been well, as memorable and
0: then, and then you've got... what was that
1: i don't think it would be as memorable as it's been for him thus far
0: no probably just no. as many concussions and, and then you've though. got Oh, absolutely! You know the fact that none of these guys ever leave their teams either. Like, look at John Tavares. That poor man, John Tavares. With that <laughs> tire leave, fire though. of a, I, I think he's going to, and that it would be unprecedented because these guys don't leave. They don't mm-hmm. leave their teams. They, they like, you know what? Uh, on puck soup. Um Dave Lozo and Greg Wyshynski talk about all the time that they just like where their stuff is. They don't want to pick it up and move it to a different city. Which I which totally get. Moving is the worst. Me. It is. But when you're a multimillionaire, you hire someone. You <laughs> that's hire true. someone to pack up all your stuff and you hire someone else to put it into a truck. And then you hire a third person to move it and a fourth to unpack it all. Like, <laughs> when you have that much money, there are people who will do that for you.
1: <laughs> that is, that's fair. That's fair, but there is something to be said about comfortability. And uh, I know. I then know. Then you also have to think about, like, in their heads, where it's like, if they do finally move on and then they bust when they go to a contender, then it's even worse. Not only were they straddling, they yeah. like, oh, they were overrated this whole time and they didn't come through when they finally went to a contender and that whole thing. So maybe that's part of their mindset. It's like, well, if I make this jump, then I really have to deliver because uh, people don't usually do this. And for me to leave, I'm betting on myself to win a title and just it's not like the NBA playoffs where the best players and best teams always win. It's uh, y you, you never know. And uh, yeah, it's a risk. We
0: call that the Matt Duchesne.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's <me. laughs> Who do you think ultimately wins the Metropolitan division?
0: Uh, I think it'll be the Penguins.
1: Okay. Why?
0: I think it's well, because I need to be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I need it to be because then the well, Flyers are in fourth place right now. So it's it's just amazing it how one through so
1: five in that division is just—they're all going to be playoff yeah. teams, and they're all pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the standings right now, and the Penguins and the Blue Jackets are tied at 87 points.
1: Yeah. I mean the Blue Jackets are on a ridiculous run right now, so you would figure that they will cool off a little bit, and you'd figure that the Flyers' little skid isn't going to last long term. But I, I guess you, you never really yeah. know.
0: No, the, the Flyers they'll they'll pick it back up soon. They've got the Rangers tomorrow, uh, and then they play uh, the, all the Penguins on Sunday. So things are not going to go well then. But they play the Rangers tomorrow, so that you know their their demise is a little bit delightful. Penguins um,
1: are in your head. You're already dreading a Sunday game, uh days and oh, advance. Yeah. Like you're they are yeah, they are in your head.
0: This yeah, they are. This month this month, March has been really rough for the Flyers. The schedule, when I looked at it originally, I said there's one win here. This is this is just not gonna go well for us. Oh, wow. The one win I had against the Red Wings and of course they loved that in the <laughs> shootout, but um they they have won a couple that i wasn't expecting them to but march march was a very very high level of competition month it it, it was hard for them i they were not going to come out of here out of the month with a lot of points it it just wasn't it was just never going to go that way so i'm not i'm not as upset about the way that they've been doing over the past couple weeks just because we knew what this was going to look like. We knew what this was going to look like without either of our two goalies. We've got our AHL backup, and we've got a brand-new a brand new backup in Peter Morazek who we're trying to make the starter but has given up three or more goals in eight of his last nine starts. That's just not going to fly much longer. And well, his confidence must that, be
1: through the roof after his benching and getting beaten by his yeah. former team. Like he, he must be just uh, at an all-time high confidence-wise at this point.
0: He's, he's yeah, he's gotten pulled two games in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, when he got pulled against the Red Wings, he had he had some words for the coaching staff before he went back to the locker room immediately after he was pulled. So. Yeah, I can't believe, I can't imagine that he's happy. Um, but, in fairness, neither are we. We were, we were expecting more out of this guy who was supposed to be a, a really strong potential 1B goaltender. And that's just not what we're getting. Not what we're getting from him. Now, was he put in a really rough position coming into Philadelphia? Yes. He had played almost a full month in Detroit before getting traded. And then he gets thrown into this brand new situation, the city that's known to eat up goalies. And he has started more than 90% of the game since then. Without a break, he was playing back-to-back. They relied on him heavily, but he has just not found his game here.
1: What's been your biggest surprise this season? Hmm.
0: that's a really good question. Um, My biggest surprise, and this is going to be be very vague, is how how well the team is doing, even when I have something to complain about every (laughs) single day. So, like the, the players that I mentioned before, so Claude Giroux, Is having an amazing year. Sean Couturier, I wrote him off a couple years ago as an offensive player and just decided he was going to be a really, really strong defensive forward. And that's just what he was going to be. And I was going to love him as that, but just stop expecting goals from him. And then he comes out with 70 points this season, which is astounding. Um, And then you've got... uh, On our bottom line, so Scott Lawton, who bounces between the fourth line and the third line at the center, he's another one that I didn't think was going to be able to make the jump into a full-time NHL role. He was up for a year and then got sent down to the AHL for another year, and I didn't think that he was coming back in a full-time capacity. I thought that he would be the 13th forward. And he has really carved out a niche for himself. He's a strong 4C. As as a 3C, he does okay. Um, He's a strong 4C where he he pushes the pace of play. Um, He drives play. He's fast. And he's got a really, really good shot. So maybe maybe what I'm trying to say is I'm most surprised with the organization's move away from the 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 grit and sandpaper and glue guys throughout the lineup. Are hmm. there still a few of them? Yes. You know, we still have Del Wee sitting in the press box, but he's not playing. We have Yori Letera, who was playing, and then he wasn't, and now he is again. But I don't expect these to be long-term problems. They brought back Matt Reed from the AHL, who is someone that we're not going to have next year. He's in the last year of his contract, and he was sent down to the AHL because he's 31 and can't score anymore, but he still tries to play at an effective rate. They brought him him back up a couple weeks ago, and he made all of the difference on the fourth line when Yuri are isn't it playing. It, it's been a delight to watch this. grow together and now that we have all of the pieces that I wanted on the team from the beginning of the season this is specifically Oscar Lindblom and Travis Danheim who are now playing should have been playing the whole season but that's that's another show Um, (laughs) they are they are here and watching them grow into their NHL roles watching them develop chemistry with their teammates and watching the team really become become something have an identity which they haven't had in the past two years has been really fun to watch even if they make me go to rip out my hair some night and mm-hmm. they lose to inferior teams
1: it's fair um What's been your biggest letdown? Like when you were thinking about this season and certain things you expected to go right, expected to really pan out, what has uh, gone wrong unexpectedly for you? Mm,
0: unexpectedly,
1: yeah, because I think that's how letdowns work. When you keep your expectations yeah. relatively mild, then you're never really let down. You're just indifference is key, but um, it that's not how <laughs> fandom works is you just get you can't do that it's it's pretty hard to do it it's just not realistic because it's it's not rational so we have a rational hype surrounding certain people but there are certain things that aren't irrational like phillies fans expecting bryce harper and mike trout to both be in their outfield (laughs) next year that's what we call a rational thought
0: um yes and and Johnny Cueto will also be a flyer eventually. That's true. That's true. And actually,
1: Connor McDavid, I wouldn't rule it out. Like he's ready for the big time.
0: <laughs> it's all right. They'll offer him. It'll be great. He can't wait to get out of Edmonton.
1: I mean, why would you not want to join up with a guy who just passed Eric Lindros's uh, career mark? Like the the time right. is now.
0: <laughs> um. All right. So I. The a whole bit about keeping expectations low. is very how I live my life. So I came into this season with a lot of criticism about the GM, a lot of criticism about the coach. Um, so I can't say that anything Dave done surprised me negatively because I was already my, my expectations were already in the trash. Um, I you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the production and the the performance of Wayne Simmons. Okay. Uh, it just hasn't been, it hasn't been what we've had from him in the past. Um, and he's, he's battled through a lot of injuries this season. I think he just had his entire mouth reconstructed. Uh, It's, he's had a lot going on physically where he had to miss some time. He probably should have missed more in November. Um, it, he, he just has not been great. And before this season, I was saying, you know, we need to trade him before the next contract because he's going to get huge numbers. And while I, I like Wayne Simmons and I think that he is the heart and soul of the Philadelphia Flyers, we can't afford to pay him what he's worth. Whereas now, it, it's that and also, he's deteriorating at a rapid pace. He's a power forward, and they don't make it very far into their 30s and he's about to be 30. So we need to find someone who's going to take him at a high value so that we don't get fleeced into paying him that long-term contract. And I don't think that they would after this deep end.
1: Hmm. Are you excited about a team debuting in Seattle very soon? Yes. You are yes. excited? Okay. I've had
0: much i've had so much fun with the Vegas Golden nights that i i I just expect seattle to be the same yeah i went i went to vegas for the award show and the expansion draft like i am just i loved everything about it i went out to vegas also for when the flyers played them back in february and we brought nearly two thousand flyers fans with us It, it was how was like, the atmosphere? I'm all in. Oh my God, it's incredible. It, it it was probably the best atmosphere I've been in in a hockey game that was not a playoff game
1: uh-huh.
0: in years.
1: Oh wow, it's been years.
0: Yeah, it. They do a great job with the the intermission, the downtime stuff, uh, keeping everybody engaged and entertained the stadium is beautiful, the lighting is great and, and everyone is super friendly. Um, and they're 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 very about their hockey team. Anybody you talk to in the city, whether it's someone working at the casino or a, a cab driver or even just somebody on the street if they see a logo and they're like, Oh, we have hockey too mm-hmm. they're so excited about their hockey team.
1: So they bought in.
0: I, I yeah, they are. They're all in. Even even before they had any players on their hockey team, we were out there for the expansion draft. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was so excited to be part of the, the first team in in Las Vegas, the first professional team in Las Vegas. It's it's a really really cool thing, and I well that's good news been. for the Raiders. yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> You know, they they come with their own their own fan base and their own issues. Uh, but I, I am super super excited for Seattle because I expect it to be similar, but in a market that already already has professional sports teams that already has shown there, there's no question about whether Seattle fans will show up. Yeah like there was in Vegas, Seattle fans will absolutely show up. So I, I'm excited to see what they name it. I'm excited to see. Do you any early I, I,
1: ideas as to what they should name it? Yes. It has so, to be something that starts with an I, S. I've got, I, I think I like the Seattle Sonics, well, the Storm. I like that trend, even though the Mariners are different. But I, I, I want an S name.
0: So my top two. All right, I'm ready. Are the Seattle the Kraken.
1: Oh, I like this. Yes
0: and and then the the other one which I think you might like better, the Seattle Sockeyes.
1: oh, I like that uh, that's that's the winner. Have you submitted this yeah. to the ownership group or? Um, I, I could, have forward it, it. I I could do that could. on your behalf don't worry I know them okay. I read the SI piece <laughs> around their whole thing I am an expert on them and I will gladly forward that to them because that's been kind of there's this weird thing where like they pretend that they're going to give it to the fans to decide the name but they're ultimately still going to make their own decision that's a trend that I've seen other teams <laughs> do it's like a minor league thing where it's like of course you can't trust the fan base to vote the right thing no. because they're going to vote for something ridiculous um so they're gonna pick their own name but I, it's like pseudo fan interaction that i i just don't mm-hmm. really understand but yeah i like both those options are great i think if they go with either then it's a it's a good name
0: yeah i'm, I'm really excited for them it, it'll be fun yeah it's not gonna be fun to lose another player in the draft but
1: and vegas is excused from that right isn't that the What's come out is Vegas will not get hurt by Seattle's arrival.
0: Oh, I don't actually know that. I haven't read it, but that would be, that would make sense.
1: Yeah. I think I read that today that they are uh, immune to the expansion draft. Um, I could be wrong, but that's what I thought I saw. But,
0: um. Oh, I believe you. I just haven't read it.
1: Are the Blackhawks officially finished? Can we finally rule them out (laughs) forever or until they do a full rebuild? Like, is this it?
0: I think so. Okay. I, I think that, I think it's gotta be, they've got no cap room left. They're going to have to, they're going to have to get really, really creative to even figure out how to continue to be franchised after this year. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, how how do you ice the proper amount of players if you can't afford to pay them against the salary cap? Like, And of course that's being really dramatic. But they, they might, they might be able to pull together some more playoff runs in the near future, but I don't think that they're going to they're going to make deep runs. If they're if they're healthy, they still have a couple pieces, but they're they're in trouble. They they were a team that went full win now, and they did more than once, and now they're paying the price.
1: So you're describing the Ruben Amaro era. Philadelphia Phillies, basically.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. It's been a really tough couple of years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not great for but... Blackhawk listeners who are now throwing my – whatever, if they're listening by their phone, they've thrown their phone out the window as they're oh, yeah. riding into work. Because I, I'm with you. I don't think this is going to go well for them. And their division's super tough. Like that's the other thing is like the Central Division. Like the Predators aren't going anywhere. The Jets are on the rise. The Wild are good. The Avalanche have an MVP caliber player, and like the Stars are still hanging around. And the Blues were supposed to be better. And I mean, they're still an 83 point team this year. It's not like they've been bad. It's just been they've been kind of underwhelming. But like the Black Ops, they really don't have room to like. This is the time for them to go through a really. Bad rebuild, but at the same time it's such a big market yeah. and they're now accustomed to success again and everything else. Like it's it's <laughs> gonna be painful.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not gonna be pretty. And and at the end of the day, they're gonna have to do what the Rangers just did. They're gonna have to trade some big pieces, some fan favorites that they don't want to, but they're gonna have to do it. I don't think I don't think Patrick Kane will retire a Blackhawk. I don't think that Jonathan Taves will retire a Blackhawk. Corey Crawford probably not. Like they're they're going to get moved and going to suck. But you know it's it's business. You know.
1: Yeah, we'll have to see. The Rangers are an interesting case because there's been reports that they're <laughs> not going to go through this full rebuild and they shed a lot of salary just because they're gearing up for a big uh, free agency period. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers are not in a long-term rebuild mindset and are back in contention <laughs> sooner rather than later, especially because you can't waste these last couple of years of Lundquist. Like it, you, I, I don't, I don't really understand that line of thinking. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, the Rangers are going to be fascinating, but I think the Blackhawks are in a more dubious <laughs> long-term situation, but I, yeah. I guess, I guess we'll see. Um, couple last, questions i want to throw at you before we go okay who is your heart trophy pick right now taylor hall okay why
0: the the jersey devils are a tire tire without him okay they're, they're, without without taylor hall without taylor hall they would be completely irrelevant nico he is having a good rookie season um they had a lot of guys come from surprising places in terms of production, like Jeff Bratt. Um Miles Wood was productive for a while, um, Will Butcher was doing well. Um, but they're they're not in playoff contention. They're they're draft lottery teams towards towards the top of, of the draft lottery um uh, Percentages—that's uh, not quite the right word to use—but they're not a good team without Taylor Hall, and I think that right now they will make the playoffs. And I think that he deserves just that little bit of happiness in his life. Yeah, um, and, and he deserves—he deserves the deserves recognition after after all of the things that he's gone through. I and mean, you can say that about every player, but it would be a completely different team without him.
1: Do you know who my pick would be? Future flyer Nathan McKinnon.
0: Oh! I, I think there's a really good case to be made for Nathan McKinnon, too.
1: He's score. really fun. I mean, like cool. I, Every time I just... Because, yeah. like, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of the Avalanches here, but like when I see his stuff and when I catch him, it's just... He's a he's a must-see player, and he's just going to be really good for a long time. But it doesn't seem like there's like a clear... Best player this year. Like I, I don't, it, I don't think you can go wrong with a lot of the top candidates. I, I don't know. I, I think there's a case be made for a lot of different guys. So um, it should be interesting to see how it all plays out. Last question, and then uh, we should go. What do you make uh, of okay. the goalie interference changes? Because this is, like, a weird, like, heated discussion that I see. Like, I scroll through hockey Twitter and just, like, people are getting arguments about just line adjustments and, like, another little line behind the goal line. And just there's – it's chaos. It's kind of like the NFL catch rule stuff where people just don't know what a catch is anymore. And now goalie interference stuff and just – everything is just so complicated now in sports when it comes to scoring.
0: Yeah, it's a circus show, is really what it is. Um, my my fix, and it's not really even a direct fix, but my fix would be just to make everything reviewable. So if they're getting stuck on it being goalie interference versus slashing at goalie, like make it reviewable, make slashing reviewable, make everything reviewable. Yes, it'll take longer, but you're going to get more things right. Nobody wants that. So it's never going to happen. Um, but I don't think that taking the goalie review off the table is going to work either. Um, they they just need to get really, really clear about what counts and what doesn't. And the rule is written in vague language. Um, and then there's, of course, the human error. So now they're They've set up an independent goalie review panel in a special location that includes ex-referees, retired referees, which it makes it even more of a circus. Just know what the rule is. Have, have your referees on ice. Know what the rule is. And if it's still vague, clarify it. Nobody in the paint. This is easy. If you touch the goalie, interference. If you look at a wrong, not interference. It. It, it's, it's much more complicated than it
1: needs to be. It's making,
0: as if the league needs to invent reasons to look bad, it's making them look bad.
1: Well, I've got some bad news, Stephanie. I think it's gonna get more complicated Uh-oh. because that's where sports are going, is we're gonna make everything as complicated as humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are they going to make everything reviewable? Because
1: I'm here for this. Oh my god! I I encourage you to watch like just the effect of baseball with more and more reviews. It's not been great. It um, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not like I like the last two minutes of an NBA game. Just uh, when it's a regular season game, especially, it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Two-minute reports are a thing because of just the reviews and just close calls, and it's. I, I, I'm actually. I, I think I'm going the other way. I want less reviews. I would actually be okay with getting reviews altogether, because sports okay. are not that important. It's fine. We can move on. Well, Mistakes happen. I mean, there's
0: also that.
1: <laughs>
0: Could you imagine reviewing a high stick penalty? <laughs> that just be so dumb.
1: Uh, unbelievable all right well this is a good way of ending this podcast is no more reviews or all the reviews no in between it's a great reflection on this country right now we're going full partisanship perfect I, i like that uh yeah that's the way we go um all right so there you have it all the reviews and everything is fixed in the nhl uh stephanie i very much appreciate you taking the time this was a lot of fun
0: it is an absolute pleasure thank you so much for having me on
1: no problem well we can find you on twitter at stephalicious d and i'm kind of upset that you made me actually have to say stephalicious on this podcast but no I you're did
0: not it to- you love it <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are the site manager at broad street hockey you are also the host of bsh radio is there anything we should look out for um the rest of this week
0: um we do, so we do a lot of extra shows um, for our Patreon. Mm-hmm. So if you want to check that out, it's, it's patreon.com backslash BSH radio. Uh, and I know that personally today I've recorded two shows for that. There's a lot of extra content there. Uh, but if you like the Flyers, ch- definitely check out Broad Street Hockey Radio. We do have on our Patreon an all NHL show we call it Ice Sport Radio, and that's a lot of fun too. Uh but we record we report we record Broad Street Hockey Radio on Monday. So you'll see a new episode come out early next week.
1: All right. We'll look out for that. And we will have to touch base again soon. Maybe come playoff time. We'll uh we'll circle back around. But uh yeah. <laughs> that'll be fun. <laughs> All right. Well thank you so much, Stephanie. We'll talk soon. All right. All right, Chase, thank you. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you could take a second and lead the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple Podcast listener, remember you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, Be sure to check out chasetomuspodcast.com where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at chase double underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer. Thank you for your support and we'll be back with another episode very soon. Thanks guys.
0: Nobody builds 5g.